TPN, hello, it is I, Adam, again, uh, coming at you live-ish on another episode of the Pilot Network Podcast. Uh, for those of you who don't usually watch this, hopefully this episode will be released on YouTube and you get to see my pretty face and the Pilot Network Podcast Recording Central. So this episode is going to be one that's a little bit different than episodes in the past. I spent a bunch of time taking a look at something that kind of affects all of us, whether we're pilots, we're in the industry, uh, maybe the military folks don't have so much of this. Uh, it's not as big of an effect to them yet, but it will be. And that is the 2023 Senate FAA Reauthorization Act. So specifically, I'd like to call this the highlight episode or summary or I don't really know what the title of this one's going to be yet, but when you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. And I think that there's a lot in this, and I just went through the press release. I have not read the, I don't know how many thousands of pages of documents the actual act is, and I don't know if I'm going to read the whole thing. I may try to look up some of the highlights after I'm done, because I did find a bunch of stuff in here that I didn't know that the FAA did or is going to do or has ever done in the history of that administration. Now, I'm not the most well-studied in the FAA or the bureaucracy of it, so you'll have to forgive me. Again, I'm trying to give you basically the line pilot's view of what was in the FAA Reauthorization Act of 2023, which was passed by the Senate Commerce Committee on the 8th of February, 2024. So... I think it probably should be called the 2024 Senate FA Reauthorization Act. But anyways, I joke and I digress. So there is a lot of stuff in there, and I'm not really sure what it all means. Um, so let's just kind of go over a basic summary of what the kind of top line highlights the titles that you'll see. Uh, the first one is, is increases a lot of FAA safety inspectors, air traffic controllers, and FAA oversight of foreign repair stations. So a lot of safety stuff in here. We'll get into that in detail later on. Uh, it requires FAA safety technology deployment to prevent near misses, 25-hour cockpit voice recorders, investigations of service difficulty reports. Um, not quite sure what that means. I think I know, but I'm not sure. And then it also does a lot of stuff for the consumer, the passenger, sets refund standards for non-refundable tickets, protects vouchers for five years, prohibits fees for family seatings, triples fines for airline consumer violations, so on and so forth. Uh, that stuff, probably a little more transparent to a lot of us who are actually flying airplanes and not so much sitting at the uh, call centers and taking the thousands of calls that our colleagues do for our, in, in our airlines. And again, that has no bearing on the military person unless you are buying tickets and you want to sit with your family or, or whatever. So there's a lot of stuff. Those are kind of the high uh, level. Those are like the 60,000 foot view stuff. Now, we'll get into a little in depth here. Um, I'm not going to read the amendment and the amendment summaries pieces and the quotes from all of the Commerce Committee members. Uh, if you want to do that, I'm going to link the actual website for you to get in there and get deep into the press release. 
And then if you want to go further to go read the act itself, for those of you who are really got a lot of time in your hand, but I am going to read through the, I guess this is the summary page. Um, th so the press release is, is well organized, but this part, I didn't really understand what they were doing. So they have like a bold, a bold piece with all the quotations. And then they have kind of a summary underneath that, but they didn't title it summary. I just kind of figured that's what this was. So I'm just going to read this to you. So again, this is not my words. This is the commerce committee of the Senate who wrote this and, and, I, I don't know if it was written by the actual members of the Commerce Committee, uh, their staffers, or who, but that's my guess. It was probably some of their, their chief of staff and pressers. For friends of mine who've worked as interns before, I know that they kind of do a lot of this stuff. But uh, here we go. The FAA reauthorization strengthens aviation safety and the safety workforce. To address the air traffic controller shortage, the bill mandates that the FAA implement new staffing models to close the current gap of 3,000 controllers and requires the FAA to beef up staffing to close the 20% shortage of FAA safety inspectors responsible for certification and production oversight. The FAA will be required to raise the safety bar for foreign repair stations to meet U.S. standards, and the bill requires more deployment of surface detection technology at more large and medium-sized hub airports to prevent near misses. Airplanes will be required to be equipped with 25-hour cockpit voice recorders so the NTSB, National Tra Transportation Safety Board, has critical data to aid investigation and the bill requires more robust reporting and FAA investigation of service difficulty reports. By also reauthorizing the NTSB, the legislation will increase its capacity to hire safety investigators. The legislation strengthens consumer protections, setting the first ever refund standards for passengers with non-refundable tickets when domestic flights are canceled or delayed starting at three hours. Airline vouchers will be required to last at least five years so they don't expire before customers can use them. Airlines will be prohibited from charging parents extra to be seated next to their children. Fines against airlines for aviation consumer protection violations will be tripled and a new standalone Office of Consumer Protection at the Department of Transportation will give consumers a strong cop on the beat. Additionally, the bill enhances accessibility and protections for passengers with disabilities by improving seating accommodations and evacuation standards. To grow the future of aviation, the legislation boosts funding for the Essential Air Service Program and doubles funding for Small Community Air Service Program so that the small community economies can connect, thrive, and continue to make investments to modernize airport infrastructure. The bill also requires the FAA to create new standards for drones and electric air taxis so that the United States is leading the pack on new technology and creates a dedicated Office of Advanced Aviation Technology at DOT. The bill expands research on cutting-edge materials and composites that could make aircraft lighter and more fuel-efficient. Okay, that is quite the summary. Now, there are a lot of very... There's a lot to dive into here, right? And I'm, again, I'm only, I'm only looking at the press release. I can't even imagine getting into this bill and trying to do a podcast on the whole, on the whole thing, like me reading it and then trying to summarize it. One... I don't have the time and two, I don't have the knowledge. So I guess in three, that means I don't have the ability to do it. So I'm just going to get into this again. This is line pilot Adam's view 
of what I see and how it might affect us, or maybe not even how it's going to affect us. I do have some opinions that I'll, I'll throw in later on, but moreover, I think this is the stuff that will pertain to the line pilot and what they care about in this act. Now, I know everybody is thinking I'm going to talk about 67. I'm not going to talk about it. It's not written in here anywhere. Um, there is tons of people who have a ton of opinions on that. Um, and I still, I, I've gone back and forth on where I stand on 67. I've been uh, swayed both ways. And frankly, it's not really up for debate anymore. Um, so I'm not really going to get into it here. I think that'd be a really good discussion to have with multiple people on what they think, uh, maybe some older, middle age, as well as younger pilots and see where they stand, uh, just to hear different opinions. Anyways, let's get into the rest of it. So this reauthorization authorizes more than $107 billion in appropriations for the FAA for fiscal years 2024 through 2028. Um, and this was a super notable number, uh, to me, not, not that number, um, because I could break it down, but frankly, like, I don't know what some of that was and it, it there's a lot of it goes to all sorts of different stuff, but the one that jumped out at me and cause it's in government speak, it's not that much money in my world. It's a lot of money. Uh, but I didn't realize how small this number was. So, um, the act authorizes $720 million in appropriations for the NTSB uh, for fiscal years 24 through 28. And I thought that seemed really low, uh, but I guess I, maybe I don't know nearly as much about the NTSB as I thought I did, or maybe I should know. So it looks like maybe I'll have to have another episode on the horizon about the NTSB, and hopefully we can get somebody on to talk about that. And if that money, what that money covers, I'm not really, into, I mean, obviously staffing, but what else that covers outside of the logistics of that staffing and, and what they go and do, um, my guess is training and all that. So it just seemed like that was a really low number for something that a lot of us in the aviation industry know as the place that comes and takes a look when we have an accident and then tries to figure out what do we do with the information that's been pieced together by the NTSB who write these very detailed and brilliant reports to then change policy and procedure at airlines and in general aviation and basically across the industry. I, I just, I'm really curious about that. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking a note and I have a plan to look at that later on down the road, uh, especially as this, as this gets kind of spun up and then, and then uh, runs, this isn't something that has to be done right now. Cause well, frankly, I can't change anything anyways. So uh, let's take a look at, there's basically the way the press release is broken down and there's are seven main categories that the FAA is focusing on with the reauthorization. Uh, and the, they title those seven out as improving aviation safety, growing and supporting the aviation workforce, improving consumer protections and standards for a better flying experience, improving aircraft accessibility, expanded air travel service to more of America and upgrading airports, modernizing the national aerospace system, and leading global aviation innovation, continuing research and development for innovative aviation technologies. We're gonna get in each one of those in a little bit of detail, some more than others. And then within each category, they break it down to, uh, like there's several subcategories. Each one is kind of drilling down to what it should look like as the plan is executed over the next four years and essentially building off of that for the next reauthorization after uh, 2028. 
So in these subcategories, there is a slightly more detailed approach as to how the FAA and industry partners, their programs that they've already have operational and other ones that are going to come online will actually accomplish these tasks. But since it's only a press release, they're like the super fine detail wasn't there. And again, because it's a press release, it, it just gave me a feel like there's in a, in a government document, it's not that, uh, here's an opinion, it's not that monumental, here's exactly how we're going to do this exact tiny task, no matter what it is, um, and I'll get into why I feel like that. So it's it, like, it just didn't feel like stuff that I've read in the past. But again, I'm Air Force and DOD uh, in my past life, so this is a different different kind of thing for me. So as I read through it, I was kind of like, huh, there's stuff there that I wish they would have gotten more detail with. And then there was stuff they got more detail with, which I didn't understand. And as I said, I, I, I do have an opinion on this. So uh, like I said, the press release is kind of short, right? And it, it reeks a little bit of the Air Force style of do what I tell you to do and nothing else. Even in some of the vagaries that are there, it tells me that they're going to do something that they're they don't necessarily have a plan written down they maybe they do i don't know yet i i can't say that but this is like the natops the the way the navy operates versus the way the air force operates so natops versus afi i and i've always felt like this is a handcuff in aviation it is super awesome for foundation building the air force does did when I was going through pilot training and up till now even builds these awesome foundational pilots where you have law of primacy because it's drilled in your head to do the same thing over and over again. And I'm sure the Navy does a very similar job, but then once you get out into the wild and you're dealing with emergencies or theoretical situations that you've never, maybe you've discussed or something that's never, ever come up on your radar ever, um, those are bound to happen, right? Like aviation, that's what happens. And I felt like as I read this, that there are things that they're talking about that almost seem to come from administrator types who didn't necessarily fly the airplane or have flown an airplane or don't completely understand what the line pilot is going through from the day they start their aviation journey until the day they finish it. So again, I would need to delve way deeper into the document to pull out details to give you like specifics on that. Uh, but as for the directive, uh, the FAA is on, or, but as for, I should not the directive, but as directive as the FAA is on some items uh, in this one press release, others seem to be vague to a point like where it's almost aggravating. So I guess it's kind of um, the government bureaucracy at its finest in in a way but again that's my opinion on the way this kind of was laid out so let's take a look at the highlights of each of those categories so the first one in the top of the list is the improving aviation safety and we're going to run through all these pretty quickly because i've already talked about a few of them the uh, 24 25 hour cockpit voice recording technology essentially just to keep more data available for uh, uh, incident accident stuff so they can piece things together from much further uh, back in the past, um, which I do find it interesting. It's 24, 25 hours because you're going to have pilots from 
many different legs of an of of the day put on that uh cvr which i find fascinating and also uh very interesting in a safety aspect i think personally that's actually a pretty good thing because something could have happened on a flight prior that gets put in put in that gets put into the logbook that could have a very impactful nature on whatever problem was faced by the crew that they pull the tapes for and they go and listen to this kind of stuff. So I think that's, uh, I, I think it's a good thing. I think anytime we can get more data that's out there, yes, Jet's telling you and all that stuff. I mean, we all know that there's FOQA, MFOQA data that exists out there. For those of you who don't know what that is because you're not in the aviation world, uh, look up FOQA or MFOQA. Um, so that there's, I mean, I'm probably even saying the acronym wrong, so you can uh, crush me in the comments. I prefer that. But anyways, um, that uh, that quality assurance is out there to check what were what, what kind of situations we're putting we're putting the airplanes in and trend items that may occur. And they may not be very big, but when they see certain things, they can make procedural changes and training changes to combat those in the future, mitigate stuff. Anyways, uh, uh, number two is stop runway close calls. Um, this is obviously was a hot button item at the end of the year in 2023 with some of the things that had happened. And then at, once uh, 2024 hit with the uh, uh, tragedy with the JAL uh, 350 and the Dash 8 that was hit. Sounds like they've got something called the airport surface detection equipment and it's already been deployed at 43 airports across the nation. So they're rolling stuff like this out. That's, that's good. That's, these are good things. Uh, I mean, we've got the safest, one of the safest industries in the world. If we can make it the same safety level going forward or even increase it, that keeps pilots at the forefront of, uh, of the safety spear keeps us on flight decks and in cockpits worldwide for longer because that that human interaction is so important. Um, it enhances aircraft certification reforms. We kind of know what's going on with that. Uh, I think there th that the impetus is there for lots of reasons. Uh, there's the raising of international safety bar for airline uh, operations, and these are numbered out. But you know, whatever. I don't know if they're really in any sort of um, law of primary, secondary, whatever. I think it's just a numbered bullet system they use here. So there's that, that is, speaks for itself. Strengthen, strengthening of the FAA oversight of foreign repair stations. Those kind of go hand in hand right there. Building FAA global aviation safety leadership. I think, I, I don't understand this one. To me that the FAA is, it says, the bill renews the FAA's engagement with the International Civil Aviation Organization and bilateral partners to ensure the United States leads global innovation and aviation safety. I guess I didn't know that we weren't doing that anymore. So good thing, you know? I mean, we, we do have the most robust aviation safety protocol in the world uh, because just by the sheer size of the operations that are here. So that to me is a good thing. Uh, and working together to build a more safe global aviation industry is awesome. Uh, protect against cyber cybersecurity threats to aircraft. Yes, all for it. Updates air tour and helicopter safety requirements. 
I thought this one was very interesting. Again, I didn't know that there was an issue out there. I guess I had missed, I, I had heard about accidents that have occurred, but I didn't really realize that it was such an issue that they're actually going to mandate certain things such as safety management systems, equipment upgrades, and flight data monitoring. That's actually discussed in the press release. So that is a big deal to them and sounds like it's an important thing they're going to be doing. I found this one to be kind of interesting, almost uh, humorous to a point. Tracks, high-altitude balloons. Uh, We know all about that, especially if you follow any of the meme pages. And this one, uh, finally, in the Improving Aviation Safety, huge fan of this spending a lot of time on in airplanes uh, is improved cabin air safety. I don't even know what the air quality is on board the airplane, but if it's going to be better, goody gumdrops. I like to breathe clean air. So that makes for a happy camper. Um, And there's some other stuff in there about uh, provide training and reporting fume events on board. I, my company we report anything like that so i guess i'm not really sure where that's coming from but apparently some people don't i i don't know again i don't know all the details and all this stuff all right uh growing and supporting the aviation workforce so this one is over my head um i when i first read it i said well duh and then i also said well haven't like the faa does this stuff i i didn't realize that i also think that uh, opinion is that the FAA is missing a huge marketing opportunity and their outreach hasn't been great in the past that they've been doing this. And if they have, then it's worse than I suspected. I have never heard of anything FAA grant wise or other to help me or fellow pilots of mine become pilots. That isn't to say I haven't looked in the past. Now I didn't need pay for training because of what I did in the military. And when I got out, I paid for my own ATP quickly. I didn't look at any way to get it done. I just wanted it knocked out and move on to the next thing. I didn't have time to wait around and fill out a bunch of you know, scholarship forms or whatever. I didn't want to use my GI Bill. I wanted to save all that stuff. I didn't even know this was a thing. There is 11 different bullet points here. And some of these were... Uh, very interesting to me. Um, I'll go over the ones that are are less probably pilot oriented, um, but we'll, we'll get into that because, again, I, some of these were just, I didn't even know that the FAA had any oversight on this at all. Like, I, I really didn't understand that. Um, so the, the first few deal with the ATC uh, controller hiring and training. They are way behind. They need more controllers. Uh, good, go get them, get great people, uh, and continue to train them very well, especially as we modernize the airspace system. There's going to be a change, a big change, and the better we are all are prepared for that, the better, the, the safer the operation, more efficient the operation is going to be as well. The topics, so basically the numbers on the page four through eight, um, as far as I'm concerned, this seems like, uh, the government being late to the party. This is probably should have started in the eighties, maybe, maybe even more earlier than that. And I'll just read the, the four through eight. So there's build the builds 
the aviation pipeline recruitment and education. The fifth one is boost student loan limits to help fund flight training. Sixth one is jumpstarts hiring for the FAA safety workforce. Seventh one is streamlines job pathways for veterans. The eighth one's hand in glove with that grows veteran pilot pool. Neither of those have to do with pilots who were trained militarily. Uh, these are folks who are veterans who did something else and are moving over to jobs in the aviation sector. Um, this was a number that jumped out at me getting on that one is the aviation industry captures less than 10% of military aviation maintenance technicians. That is staggering. So the amount of folks that retire from the military and maintenance or stop working military maintenance do not make the leap over to commercial aviation. That is mind blowing. I, I have no, th th how is this just now coming up? I'm glad it is, but wow, swing and a miss there. Um, definitely need to do that uh, much earlier. Um, some of the, like the, I didn't understand that the FAA had a lot to do with student loan limits uh, to help fund flight training. I mean, again, this is, we're trying to tackle uh, getting pilots uh, production, which in the military never really is the problem. It's never really production. It's been about retention for a long time. And I just don't know how you're going to do Like, I don't know how you're going to do this. I don't know how you're going to be able to make a marketing budget that big and no offense, uh, government, but this is not your bailiwick. You probably need to look outside of your bureaucracy and administration to have you get some help doing this. Um, the, the one I wanted to hit here, uh, big in that was build the aviation pipeline recruitment and education. So I'm going to read this one straight up. The bill expands and increases funding for the FAA's aviation workforce development development grant program to grow the aviation workforce pipeline and support the education and recruitment of pilots, maintenance technicians, and aircraft manufacturing technical workers. The bill also requires the FAA to develop a national plan to address critical shortages in the industry. Wow. Okay. There's that vagueness I was talking about. I am sure there's a plan written in there somewhere. I also don't know, and I can only speak from the pilot side, if how many pilots are actually working on this. Who can give them the feedback from the pilot side? Because that would probably be really helpful. I'm not saying that I'm the guy or any of a, anybody listening to this are the people. But we as a collective probably need to support whatever they're doing and move in a not lockstep, but a good formation, a tighter formation to help this come to fruition. I think when a pilot wannabe sees another pilot and gets that motivational piece there and has the ability to share some of those details with the pilot of how they went, how they got to where they are, does a lot for them. I know that's how I was inspired to be a pilot is I saw people doing the job that I wanted to do. And I got to see them up close and personal. And that made me think I could do it too. And lo and behold, here I am 20 years, 22 years later, flying airplanes, 
um, and and making a living off of it. So I think that uh, that piece right there is a huge that to me is one of the biggest pieces of this whole legislation and i'm very curious to see how they're going to put this into action and i want to offer this up to the faa Um, please reach out to the pilot network we would love to find people who are able to help you get this off the ground and move in the direction that is best for not only the faa but the individual members of not only TPN, but of all airlines, military, and people who love to fly airplanes. We want the best people out there who are capable of doing the job at a high level so we can keep that safety record that we have so so clean. Okay, anyways, off the soapbox. Uh, Number nine, this is one that I really think they're super late is the support women in aviation, um, duh, like, okay, there's less than 10% of licensed pilots are women and less than 3% are airline captains. I don't know what the airline captains have to do with anything because it's a seniority-based system, so it really doesn't mean anything to me. What does say something is less than 10% of licensed pilots are women. It doesn't talk about how many are ATPs versus commercial versus private and so on and so forth. Um, and the bill establishes a new Women in Aviation Advisory Committee at DOT. Hopefully, they're talking with the uh, Women in Aviation International. Um, and the Women in Avi- Aviation Advisory Board's chief recommendation to focus on bringing more women into aviation careers in the entire industry. Okay, again, 40 years late to the party on this one. Um, we probably should have been recruiting. So from an early age with women in aviation, uh, like, you know, my daughter's age seven, because that's when a lot of people get interested in aviation and then it sticks with them for life. Again, um, glad you're doing it. Probably should have started much earlier. Um, I wish you a lot of luck on this one. Uh, there's a lot of places out there and a lot of great human beings who are already working on this uh, outside of the FAA. Enlist their help. And please listen to them because they are already doing fantastic work. Uh, This is a huge, huge resource that the aviation industry is now tapping into. Uh, Again, way too late, but at least they're starting to do it. So let's continue to push that. And, And that shouldn't stop just at women. That's like anybody who has the aptitude to fly an airplane and fly it well, uh, get them, get them in the seat. Let's get them flying. I need somebody to sling gear for me someday, right? And they need, or better yet, I'll sling gear for them because, you know, I like my little right seat international job. Anyways, um, I thought number 10 and 11, number 10 is cool, improved flight attendant self-defense training. I think it's right on. I think pilots should be included in that, but cool flight attendant self-defense training. They have to deal with the, the customer way more. And if stuff does happen to have them uh, be able to handle themselves and not, um, react in a in a way that might escalate things is fantastic i love it um number 11 is it frankly i think this last piece is just it should go in the safety it should go across the board here it's uh, support pilot mental health yay it's about time this is so good let's continue to move this um the pilots pandemic podcast uh talks a lot about pilot mental health they are doing wonderful work support them continue to grow this this needs to be talked about all the time um with a lot of people and 
Again, we say this regularly on the show. If you or somebody you know is having an issue and you're in a union, your union has somebody that can help you, talk to a friend, reach out, move forward, and, and begin that healing process and the coping process with what you're going through. We want everybody to walk away from the landing. So uh, uh, make it make it a soft one for yourself and for those that you care about. Uh, supporting pilot mental health, uh, it's that this is, again, I'm so happy that this is in the bill. I would, you know, I, it took some time, but it's here. That's, that's good. Okay. Uh, we're going to kind of gloss over this one a little bit, improving co- consumer protections and standards for a better flying experience. Uh, it sounds essentially like an expansion of the passenger bill of rights and to, uh, make things more codified. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see if there's competition on this. I don't know how they're going to do that. And I don't really want to see that, but you know, I don't make the rules and I think it'll be very nice, nice. I, I hate that as an adjective, but it's a great, this is a great step forward to adjust the way that airlines operate for uh, people who have disabilities or need support while they're flying and to help families kind of stay together on flights uh, for revenue passengers. Most airlines have worked with people on non-formalized basis. So it's already been done. Great flight attendants always do this kind of stuff and ask questions for, you know, can we move that person? But to have it more codified will make it maybe a, it, it helps efficiency of moving the moving the the actual operation and the system keeps it moving by not having delays for stuff like that. So that's a good thing, right? I mean, I it, hopefully it'll continue to move in the right direction. And there's also some technology pieces in there to help people see things as and, and be able to reach out to the airlines and and fix things as they go uh but again that that stuff that's a little bit less important it's more transparent i mean it's important for the industry as a whole but it doesn't necessarily direct affect our day-to-day job or stuff that we're kind of pressed with on a on a regular basis just again my opinion if you want to get deeper into it go ahead or rip me apart in the uh, review in the comment i'm happy to take all slings and arrows because I am not that smart of a guy. I just talk into a microphone to entertain and occasionally uh, entertain uh, myself or, you know, maybe maybe influence an idea or thought and sometimes share information that you may have missed. Okay, improving aircraft accessibility. This is actually way more into the, uh, um, uh, and I, I kind of said it earlier, but the, the passengers with disabilities and who need support. Um, this is going to make traveling way less painful and easier. I think uh, the big note here that affects kind of pilots directly is the evacuation standards improvement. Uh, I didn't know this, so I don't know if everybody did, and maybe I should have known it, but now I do. Um, The current standard is passengers of any ability uh, or age can egress the aircraft within 90 seconds. I thought, wow, uh, that seems fast. they're going to take a look at this and do a study in depth and change it up if they need to. I guess I need to look deeper into the history of how that number came about. I'm sure they did a lot of tests on that because that seems like something they would test a lot to get uh, kind of that number and come to that number. 
Uh, all right. Uh, next topic or next subcategory is the expanded air travel service to more of America and upgrading airports. Uh, this one is completely fascinating to me. Now, I am not going to go in depth in this one because I frankly, I think there's a whole uh, slew. So this one got really in the details. There, there's monetary things in here. Uh, they talk directly about certain communities and states and areas where the aviation industry has kind of since passed on. And that was a, I don't know if that's a market, that was a market function, if it was to deal with a lot of COVID pandemic stuff, or if it was governmental, I, I, I'm not sure the background of this, but there is a lot of stuff that's going to improve the air travel service to rural area America and also upgrading um, mid-level and urban center airports, which is awesome. I'm a big fan of that one. Um, I think the the big thing, like the big kind of snapshot of that is it's ensuring, protecting, expanding, rebuilding, and modernizing airports in, across the United States. So uh, to me, when I read through this, this kind of gives me, made me feel of all, of, like all the good feels uh, that, there is this, this, now this is something I knew the FAA was big into. And I find this to be like the two thumbs up, let's go get them and make sure everybody in the U S and beyond is served by air service. And that continues to uh, kind of grow as the system grows and the FAA takes and executes this plan to fruition. I love it. Make it, make it so awesome. Let me know what I can do to help. All right. Uh, modernizing the national aerospace system and leading global aviation innovation is the second, the penultimate topic or subcategory. All right. This one scared me the most. Uh, with all the other stuff, we, we kind of know what that's going on. This one was like the stuff that was behind the scenes that I know so little about. Maybe like next to nothing. Um, and as I was reading this, um, it really uh, threw me for a loop. Um, like there, this, this is what that vagueness, there was a lot of it I discussed. So uh, the first one, I'll just jump right into the first thing. So modernizes FAA systems. I'll read this one. The bill requires the FAA to complete the last stage of next gen by December 31, 2025 and upgrade the national airspace system with the latest software and infrastructure enabling the transition from legacy systems. Okay, that sounds great. What is next gen? I need to do research. That's what it is. I think we all do because I don't know what that is. Um, and then I'm going to get in the second one to read it because... I don't like the word innovation when it's governmental sometimes, uh, just me, creates a new innovation office. The bill establishes a new airspace innovation office to lead the continued modernization of the airspace system and meet the needs of a diverse set of airspace users, such as advanced air mobility. What does that mean? They talked about modernizing the airspace system, the national airspace system, all caps in the subcategory above, but below they talk about modernization of the airspace system and meeting the needs of a diverse set of airspace users, such as advanced air mobility. Whew. 
I've been around the government for a lot of my career. And when they start to innovate, not entirely sure. A lot of them know what that means. No offense. It's not the person. It's the system. So my spidey senses are kind of fired up on this one. I don't know what they're talking about here. And I'm sure somebody can give me and like assuage my fears. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see more. So we'll have to see what the new innovation office plans are for. So anyways, uh, they have airspace tech in there that they're talking about. Um, another one that is a little, bleh, um, f- facilitates commercial use of drones and, uh, unmanned aircraft. Um, we all know this is coming in one way or the other, and this is basically for package delivery or other operations. See, that there's that vagueness. Other, what is other operations? So somebody say, well, it's only this. Yeah, but we kind of get that. So uh, when you say it's only one thing, it's normally a lot of other things, uh, especially for the Air Force people out there. Um, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, another one is extending the Beyond program, which is more uh uas integration stuff uh developing standards and engaging different communities policies to facilitate safe deployment things like that but we we know we we knew that 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 this was already here and it's just a continuation of that and frankly if it's making the airspace more safe for pilots flying that's a good thing so that this kind of goes up into that safety piece too uh, and then there's the safety of, uh, uh, for air certification or safety certification for air taxis. So um, that's kind of like you know the the, the that was the the the, the section I just did. yeah I didn't like that one and I I don't know why I'm not being a luddite I really am not I like technology I think it's cool I think there's a lot of really great things in the future I just think that that one some of this stuff kind of spooked me the wrong way anyways. Uh, and the last category, the, the, the final category is, or subcategory is continuing research and development for innovative aviation technologies. So they kind of go hand in glove with the last one. Like I didn't, I, I get it because they, they talked about airspace and stuff there, but they also talked about like airspace technology. So this to me is more just like straight up flying stuff. Um, and there's, I thought the first one was really cool. Expands research at the FAA's Joint Centers of Excellence for Advanced Materials. Um, that seems pretty neat, nifty. Uh, more fuel efficiency, air, lighter aircraft. You know, government working with industry to build uh, a better widget. I like that. Um, but and then like systems research and modernization within the FAA, which I'm sure they need. It's a government agency. Funding's always been lacking, um, so they're putting more into that more innovative aircraft fuel research and UAS stuff. Uh, they want to improve the federal commercial aviation partnerships, um, which basically says FAA and NASA and commercial aviation partnership with advanced technology companies that are out there. So a lot of innovation in the aeronautical field and aerospace field, both on the, on the industry side, but as well as the government side. And hopefully them partnering and working together could really build a program that uh, is something that we as pilots can get excited about and see a, a change over the course of our, our short duration careers. You know, they are short. They go pretty, by pretty quick. 
uh, and a couple other things, um, two of the, the two last pieces here, they're small, but something that's kind of near and dear to my heart with a little bit of entrepreneurial uh, blood flowing through the body is small business recognition and creating pathways for new and emergent and new emergent and entrant technologies. So really opening up, hopefully, the field to people who are creating these uh, kind of uh, disruptive technologies and ideas in the industry that can hopefully change everything uh, for the better. And what the better looks like might be different for each and every person. Um, and there's, there's a lot there, right? Like that was a lot. Again, that's only like the snapshot and 35,000 foot view. If you want to call it that I'm going to post the, the, again, I'll post the website and the link to this in the show notes, and then you can go way deeper into it if you want to. Um, the, the last piece on here is, uh, the committee actually held eight aviation hearings, uh, to inform the drafting. So, I mean, this was not done overnight, which we all know it wasn't. And the thing that I liked most is there were actual events that triggered some of these discussions even further. Um, so, and they talk about them. Uh, one was the Southwest and holiday cancellations um, uh, in end of 22, <clears throat> and it was discussed on February 9th of 2023. I'm reading this straight off the page here. Uh, and modernizing the FAA's NOTAM system failures, um, they discussed that February 15th, uh, 2023. So, the, and then there was stuff about like the runway incursion and the the near misses, as they were called, and the Im improvement of aviation safety both ground and air wise with updating airspace systems and all that kind of stuff. So again, they actually had no kidding moments that they used to generate some of these ideas, which is fantastic. That, I mean, that means they know and they're changing based on what they're seeing. And that makes me, that makes me feel good as a pilot. So overall, I'd say there's a lot of great stuff in here. There's some things that made me go, Hmm, and question them. And again, my, understanding of how bureaucracy works for the limited exposure I had over a 20 some odd year period in the military is that some of these things are going to do quite well and they're going to take off because of the great people and responsibility they feel to make them work. But the other, some of the things that are very system oriented are slow slog and to get it moving is going to take a lot of effort from not only the people who are working in their departments, but also us as a pilot group to either support or have our voices heard so they know. So make your voice heard. Contact your Congress people, your senators, contact your union reps, talk to your FISDO. They might not be able to do anything, but any information that you can get and then relay it to other pilots so they can talk to people and and forward the information process so we can make changes that we need to make as pilots and get other people to understand what these changes, the good and the bad, and we can avoid having money wasted and time wasted on stuff that we don't necessarily need to worry and focus on. Again, 35,000 foot view. With all that said, if you do have any comments, concerns, complaints, questions, critiques, or otherwise, hit us up at heyguysatthepilotnetwork.com. We're always listening and want to reply. If you hated this episode, if you liked this episode, if you were indifferent to this episode, if you didn't listen to any part of the episode except for right now, 
you can still write us an email and say, hey, how's it going, guys? We'll respond. We'd love to hear from our listeners and every member of TPN when they do have the opportunity to say hi. If you're looking for a way to support the show, there's lots of different options out there. Um, or if you just want more, head over to thepilotnetwork.com. We have a premium group. You could just leave us a review on the podcast. You can do that on any of your favorite podcast platforms. You could go by the website and do that too. Or don't, or don't do any of that stuff. Just listen to the podcast. Enjoy what I have to offer if it's anything to you. And I truly appreciate it. I love you either way. As always, I want to thank uh, my fearless editor, who I don't thank often enough, and I'm going to start doing it more often. It's not a resolution. It's a requirement. Francesca Mamlin, she does amazing work. She's not a pilot, but she's probably become an aviation professional, hearing me and other people talk aviation for well over a year now. Too many times I forgot to thank you. Francesca, no more. Thank you so much for all the work you do. Finally, keep that shiny side up, the greasy side down. Fly safe, everybody.